Let's put the process on the table and let's just speak really openly, really candidly about the fact that you could be here, but you're not because you're doing these things. A good leader holds people to the standard of others. A great leader holds people to the standard of their potential. One of the things that I know to be true is that you are the product of the people that you choose to surround yourself with. Well, hey there, my name's Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. I'm so excited that you're listening today because today we're gonna be talking about what I consider to be a leadership difference maker. That's the title of today's episode. It's the Leadership Difference Maker. And man, this is a principle that I learned years ago, and it was honestly the product of a, a really, it was a gut-wrenching conversation, uh, really, really difficult, really, really challenging conversation for me years and years ago whenever it happened. But reflecting back on it, it actually taught me something that I've carried forward with me ever since. It transformed the way that I view leadership and the way that I teach leadership. And I'm so excited to share this principle with you today because I know the ramifications that it can have for you as someone that is leading people. But also what's so crazy is the ramifications that it can have for us as people who are hopefully simultaneously not just leading people, but being led by people. And so I can't wait to dive into this content with you today. Before we get there, uh, many of you know the mission of Path for Growth is we exist to help impact-driven leaders unleash who they were created to be so that Others may benefit and God may be glorified. And this podcast is really just one iteration of how that mission comes to life. We do a bunch of other things as well. We do one-on-one coaching. We do intensives, which is really where we come to your business or you come and visit us and our team rolls up our sleeves and works with you hardcore in a very intense way on creating a plan for a specific area of your business or of your leadership or of your personal growth over the course of two highly intense days. And then one of the other ways that we see that mission, we see that why come to life is through what we call growth groups. Now, growth groups are a collection of six individuals, six impact-driven leaders that commit to meeting together twice a month for 90 minutes to focus on three things, perspective, accountability, and insight. One of the things that I know to be true is that you are the product of the people that you choose to surround yourself with. The reason why I know this is true for you is because I know it's true for me. I am the product of the people that I choose to surround myself with. And that's why it's so crucial for me personally that I surround myself with people that, number one, share my priorities, number two, share my values, and number three, and this is a huge one, are moving at the same pace. Now, we've already set the stage and laid the foundation for today's content on the Leadership Difference Maker, but today's going to look a little bit different in that I want to share with you the story behind the principle because I think the story so perfectly articulates and illustrates what the principle looks like in action, and then we'll clarify what the principle is, and then we'll unpack what it means for you as a leader and as someone who is being led. So this all came about right after I graduated college and had just started my first full-time job. It was for 
an organization that I was just so unbelievably excited to be working for. It was a role that I was just beyond pumped about. And one of the reasons why I was able to step into this job, into this role that I was so excited about and for this organization is because my mentor and friend, Dan, who maybe you've heard me talk about before, he was already working for the organization. Now, Dan is someone that, that I looked up to so much. I still do. He's just someone that has had such an incredible impact on me. He still influences me so much as a role model, as a mentor, as a friend. And he helped me step into this role. And so stepped into the job and really it was kind of off into the races. And I thought things were going pretty good really for the first few weeks. Uh, you know, I thought I was doing good work. I even started to hear people say like, oh, you're doing a good job, Alex. You're making, you're adding value. You're making good contribution to the organization. That got me super hyped because if, if you've known me for any amount of time, you know that I just respond. I thrive on feedback, bad or good feedback, honestly, but there's nothing that hits home like some really, really good feedback. Feedback, right? I think words of affirmation is one of my love languages. That can be unhealthy at times, but in this case, I think it was it was healthy. I think it was fine. I just really, really love hearing when people think that I've done a good job. It means a lot to me. And many of you probably know that if if you respond really well to words of affirmation, that it means a lot to hear something positive coming from anyone. It means even more whenever it comes from someone that you deeply respect, deeply admire, uh, and that you think of as a role model. And that's why I was so excited because five to six weeks into this role, I was going to get to sit down with Dan, my mentor, for our first coffee meeting. And there wasn't really an agenda for the meeting, so I knew that it was going to be an opportunity for me to get some feedback. And probably I was framing the conversation in my head and getting pumped for the conversation because I was thinking that I was going to go in and get some positive feedback. I think I was really excited about it. And I'll never forget, we met at Bee Caves Coffee. Uh, rest in peace. That place is now closed in Austin. Sad, sad day. But that's where the meeting was back whenever it was open. And I showed up and he was already there and he had already bought my coffee, of course. Uh, and I sat down across from Dan and uh, and he beat me to the punch because I wanted to ask him how he thought things were going. But right off the bat, he just asked me, Alex, how, how do you think things are going? And I just looked at him and... Uh, and I just said, you know, I, I think that things are going good. Uh, I'm excited about what we're doing. And I, I think that things are going really well. And almost immediately, you know, I gave him a pretty short answer. And then I, I was biting at the bit. I asked him, well, how, how do you think things are going? I want, I was essentially saying, I want your feedback. I want you to tell me what your thoughts are. And I was really pumped to hear what he was going to say. And he looked at me and he said, Alex, I think most people would say you're doing a good job. He said, I've had people even come tell me that you're doing good work. And then I just looked at him and I said, okay, but what about you? What do you think? And it was at that moment that he paused. And I'll never forget this moment. He paused and he took a sip of coffee. And then he looked at me and he said, as for me, he said, I'm severely unimpressed. (sighs) <sighs> golly, have you ever been hit by a semi-truck? I, I haven't, but I'm pretty sure that this is what it feels like. Uh, I just, man, I had the wind knocked out of me like that. And he just looked at me and he said, yes, most people would say that you're doing a good job. But quite frankly, I didn't bring you here to do a good job. 
because I think that you're not playing all out. I think that you've got more in you. I think that you're not giving it all you've got. And then he said the phrase that I'll never forget. He said, I think you've got a higher gear in you. And he said, that's what I brought you here to see, is not to see a good job. I want to see you grow. I want to see you expand. And if you're just coasting at this perennially mediocre level, if you're just coasting on intermediate, if you're satisfied with good job, then, well, that's not what I was expecting from you. It hurt that this was coming from someone that I looked up to so much. But I'll tell you what hurt even more was the fact that as he was talking, I had the internal realization and the recognition that every word that he was saying was true. And then he looked at me and he said, Alex, I love you. I'm behind you. But I want you to know that there is a higher gear. There is more that you can give. There is more that you can do. And that's what I want you to pursue. And that brings us to the principle, the leadership difference maker. This principle has transformed the way that I look at leadership. It's transformed, quite frankly, the way that I look at life. It's transformed the way that I teach leadership and work with people and mentor people. It's just absolutely changed the way that I view coaching. It's had such ramifications that moment several years ago because here's the principle. A good leader holds people to the standard of others. A great leader holds people to the standard of their potential. I'm going to say it again. A good leader holds people to the standard of others. A great leader holds people to the standard of their potential. Because you see, Dan could have held me to the standard of others. And if he had done that, he would have been satisfied with a good job, right? He could have just compared me to what other people were doing, what other people were thinking, what other people's opinions were. And quite frankly, that's probably what I was doing for myself at the time in my own self-evaluation. And he could have said, well, compared to everyone else, relative to everyone else's performance, relative to everyone else's opinions of what good work looks like, Alex is doing a good job, but he wasn't holding me to the standard of others. He was holding me to the standard of my potential. Leadership is unleashing the best in others. Leadership is not just just bringing out people's mediocre level of performance. Leadership is unleashing the best in others. And what he saw in me was that although I may have met others' expectations, I was not yet meeting my potential. He saw that there was more left to be tapped into. And he looked at me and he said the phrase that I'll never forget. He said, there is a higher gear. Now, I think we can all say, number one, that we need that type of leader in our lives. I'm so grateful that I have Dan in my life for that exact reason, because I know he holds me accountable to the standard of my potential. But I think we can also say that we hopefully strive and aspire to be that type of leader for others. And one of the things that I've recognized as I've reflected on that specific story is that Layden, throughout that story, throughout that coffee conversation, throughout the way that he presented that really harsh accountability for me that was necessary, 
were three commitments that made it possible. Because you could have that exact same conversation from a different posture, from a different perspective with a different person, and it would not have gone as well. It would not have been transformative for me. But there were three commitments that made it something that absolutely changed my leadership and by extension changed my life. Number one was Dan was committed to the process. Here's the deal. If you are going to have this type of conversation with someone, if you're going to sit down with someone and say, hey, you have a higher gear in you, there's more in you, I'm going to hold you accountable to the standard of not just what others think, not even just what you think, but I'm going to hold you accountable to the standard of your potential. Here's the deal. That is not a one-off conversation. Dan knew that inherent in that conversation was going to be follow-up conversations if I opted in for it, where he was going to guide me along a path for, honestly, leadership and personal growth for me to max out, for me to unleash my potential. It wasn't going to happen unless he was willing to invest in the process, unless he was going to commit in the process unless he was willing to commit to the process. And so if you're going to take the step to lead people in this way, or if you want people to lead you in this way, number one, you're going to have to commit that it's going to be a process. This is not a one-off transformation. This is not a light bulb moment. Typically, this is something that is going to take place over an extended period of time. And the worst thing that you can do as a leader is dump a cold bucket of water on someone in a conversation like this and then abandon them. No, if you're going to have this conversation, you've got to say, I'm in this with you and we, not not you, we are going to figure this out. So number one is you need to commit to the process. Number two, the second thing that Dan did is, is he was committed to the purpose. If you're going to have this type of conversation where you hold people accountable, not to the standard of others, but you hold people accountable to the standard of their potential. That is what great leadership looks like, but you need to make sure that it's rooted in a pure motive. The reason why Dan was sitting across the table and telling me these things was not because he was getting some air of superiority over me. It was not because he was taking great joy and letting me know that he was unimpressed. It was not because it was serving his interests in any way to to make me open my eyes to where things were at from his perspective in this way. His motive was my best interest. His purpose in having this conversation was my best interest. And he was willing to wade into the conflict. He was willing to wade into the dissension. He was willing to wade into what could be a really awkward and uncomfortable conversation to sit across the table and say, hey, you're not at all meeting or certainly not exceeding my expectations. He was willing to wade into that strictly because he knew that his motive was in my best interest. He wanted to see me operate at my absolute best. That's what great leadership looks like. So you need to be committed to the process. You need to be committed to the purpose. And then finally, you need to be committed to the person. There was a phrase as I was telling that story that Dan is famous for telling people. Like so many people have heard Dan say this exact phrase over and over and over again. And almost always it proceeds really, really harsh, really, really tough advice. He says, I love you. I'm behind you. And there is a higher gear. But the preface there is I love you. I'm behind you. I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew 
that regardless of how I responded to this conversation, regardless of what my results look like on the backside of this conversation, regardless of my performance out of this conversation, there were two things that he said that weren't going to change. I love you and I'm behind you. You see, Dan was committed to me as a person. And he was commenting not on my value as a person. He was commenting simply on my performance. But he had separated my performance from my personhood. He had separated my performance from my identity. He was not judging me as a person. He was judging the process. He was saying, let's put the process on the table and let's just speak really openly, really candidly about the fact that you could be here, but you're not because you're doing these things. There is a higher gear. He was committed to me as a person. Here's the deal. Every single one of us aspires to be a leader, but also needs a leader who is committed to the process, committed to having the right purpose and a pure motive and committed to us as people. And we need to be committed to people as well. So the two questions that I have for you on the back end of this episode Do you have a leader in your life? Do you have people in your life that are holding you accountable to the standard of your potential? Because given the option so often, we hold ourselves accountable to the standard of others. I evaluate myself on the standard of others and and it's like, well, I don't want what everyone else has. So why would I evaluate myself on the standard that everyone else sets? We need outside perspective to hold us accountable to the standard of our potential. We need people who believe in us before we believe in ourselves. We need people to say, hey, that thing that you think is your ceiling isn't your ceiling at all. So do you have that leader? Do you have those people in your life? And the second piece is, are you that leader for someone else? Who are the people that you have committed to the process, committed to the purpose, and committed to the person for holding them to the standard of their potential? for being willing to wade into the conflict of saying, hey, I know other people may say you're doing a good job, but I see more in you. I believe in you more than you may even believe in yourself. And therefore, I'm not going to settle for anything less than you maxing out who you were created and designed and wired to be. That's what Dan did for me. It transformed my leadership and therefore it transformed my life. Who are you doing that for as a leader? Who is doing that for you as a leader? Remember the principle. A good leader holds people accountable to the standard of others. A great leader holds people accountable to the standard of their potential. Y'all, I hope that this content today was life-giving. I hope that it was challenging. I hope that it was encouraging. And if it was, I'm going to ask you for the same thing that I always ask, double S, double R, share it with someone. Maybe it's a colleague. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a leader. Maybe it's someone that you lead that you think would benefit from this content and benefit from this perspective. I'm also going to ask you to subscribe. So many of you have already done this. Uh, and it's just awesome that we get to show up in your feed every single week. We've got some unbelievable interviews coming up that I'm just so excited for y'all to get to learn from because I've just learned so much from these interviews. Um, and I want to make sure that comes straight to your feed. And then if you would rate it and review it, that helps us make sure we get into the ears of people that haven't yet heard of us. And so we're super grateful to all of you for doing that. Um, also, if you want to stay involved with everything that we're doing at Path for Growth, you can follow us on social media at Path for Growth or my name's at Judd on the run. Kind of sounds like I'm a convict. I'm not. It's just at Judd on the run. I really like to run. Uh, and then finally, if you want to go to pathforgrowth.com, you can sign up for all of the content that we send out every single week that accompanies these episodes and everything else that's going on in the Path for Growth community.
community. Y'all, I want you to know we're grateful for you. We're rooting for you. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.